Welcome back to DNC in 23. This is the first episode in a while that I am happy to say I'm Alex, joined by Dave. Surprise, bitch. Didn't think I'd be able to be here, but here I am. Talking yeah. Philly. <laughs> the gang is back together. So, um, Dave, it's good to be doing this with you. Uh, we were just kind of talking about like what's ahead on the Golden Road. Um, but what we're talking about today is all things Thursday, June 15th at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, let's get on with the show, Dave. This was Dead & Co.'s third and final time playing at Citizens Bank Park. They've hit it once a year since 2021. Um, Dave, you were there in 2021. I was. I was. I didn't realize it was the inaugural show at Citizens Bank, but I was there, saw my favorite morning dew that I'll probably ever see live. Um, and then you brought this point up a couple episodes ago when you were by yourself, but seeing a concert in a baseball stadium is not ideal. I think we can both agree the acoustics are not great. It's not like designed for a show. However, the repeated ability of baseball stadiums in particular to move 40,000 people in and out for basically every game. The traffic situation, parking situation, and the ability to handle that influx of people is a little bit better at stadiums, stadia, sorry. So like I know this show at Philly, then then they'll be at SPAC, but then they'll go on a run where they're at City Field in Queens and Fenway Park in Boston. So is it as good of a listening experience? No. Is it a better people movement experience? Yes. And the first show at Citizens Bank when I was there a couple of years ago, I mean, we were in and out with almost no wait time. And it was it was better than the reports that we're seeing or living through, right? In our show at Atlanta, where we are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for amphitheaters that aren't used to this influx of people dealing with the masses. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. This show was also the halfway point of this tour. Um, if mm. you include Cornell, this was the 15th show of the tour. Not really including Jazz Fest because it's a show at a festival. It's one set. It's just a different beast. Whereas right. Cornell, even though it's not on the tour proper, it was just a you know, regular Dead & Company show, uh, although at a much more intimate venue and for a charitable purpose. So it's kind of interesting to me that we are at the halfway point of the tour, literally. But in addition to that, in like a more kind of spiritual isn't the right word, but like when you look at the back half of this tour, like you were just kind of forecasting, two nights at SPAC, two nights at City Field, two at Fenway, one in Indianapolis. That's the only one night stop the rest of the way because then it's three in boulder two at the gorge and three in san france so everywhere that they're going after this it's multi-night runs and what i'm wondering and we'll get to this i guess a bit later but i'm wondering what impact that's going to have on our estimated profits because like using this upcoming run for an ex as an example you have two nights at spac two nights at city fields will there be any repeats among those four nights i don't know i don't think so but yeah i don't know and they could be forgiven for doing that, you know, like the way that their second sets have been built of late, you have like China Rider, and it's not necessarily both of these songs, but like one of the kind of familiar um, couplets or pairings 
whether that's China Rider, Scarlet Fire, Help Slip Frank, Estimated Eyes, like one of those, um, Stephen and the other one, one of those is, or Stephen and the Eleven, and maybe the other one, or maybe Dark Star, like one of those is anchoring the second set. So do you just do them boom, 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 four nights in a row? Or like, especially later in the in July when they start to get into the three night stops, like Boulder for three nights. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm kind of excited to see what they do, but I guess we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Let's get into the set list from last night. Um, set one, they started at 716, a bit late compared to where the, when they've been going on stage at other shows. Started with a man smart, woman smarter, then shakedown. Cold Rain and Snow, Jack Straw, Brown-Eyed Women, Dark Star through verse one into El Paso, and then a Don't Ease Me In set one closer. So um, tell me tell me uh, some of some of the, the things that stood out to you, Dave. The things that stood out to me were the back half of Jack Straw and all of Brown-Eyed Women. Um, those, that was the, the peak of set one. The Jack Straw started pretty uninspired, like a kind of a slower tempo, little playing around a bit in the beginning. Um, the moment after you keep us on the run, Jay did this cool like Tom fill with the drums, and all of a sudden, Mayor just turned the light switch on and just started going for it right after that moment. Um, I got a text from my cousin who who was there about the Jack straw. And, and he's, he just said, great Jack, great Jack straw went crazy. The crowd loved it. And then they got to carry that love right into just a masterpiece of a brown eyed women. Um, I, I texted you about it. I was just like, that was just a perfect brown eyed women. Yeah, it was. Kementi had that. The solo that he had was just absolutely smoking hot. So good. The beginning of Jack Straw was so tender. Like, if you would have been listening to that old radio show Delilah, and that beginning had come on in the midst of all of her soft rock and like, you know, schlocky romance songs, you would have been like, okay, I don't know what song this is, but it fits. <laughs> it was just very, very like tender and gentle. And then uh, they, as you said, it was after the that, and then they kind of took off from there. Um, shout out to Mickey too, because earlier in the set in cold rain and snow, he was just like going so hard in the paint. His, his like Tom fills with all of his various Tom like drums, um, were just awesome. Um, also I thought that the shakedown was like an all timer. The shakedown was really good too. It was kind of cool. Nugs really kind of did us a favor. Nugs usually, or sorry, not Nugs, YouTube did us a favor they uh usually just stream the first song of each set for whatever reason after uh man smart woman smarter they just kept rolling and i got to watch all of shakedown too and uh it was cool to watch mayor like kind of do what bob usually does and mayor was kind of directing traffic and letting everybody know to keep the tempo up like there was a point where he turned around to jay lane and made sure jay was like playing at at my tempo you know like he was he was in charge um he was also just doing like very demonstrative playing like he was really given the the like strums of the guitar and then he would like hold his hand up for the crowd he wasn't doing the like 
Pete Townsend windmills, but he was like really giving it a lot of energy on the strum down and jumping around. He, uh, he was keeping it snappy. Yeah, that's cool. I I loved O'Teal's playing in the beginning. Uh, I don't know if this was on like the official stream or just the, the audio only that I was listening to, but he was mixed way up in that first set and I could hear him so clearly and just what he was doing on shakedown was awesome. And then they got into like the back half after the um, shake it down, shake it down part. They got into this very free form type two jam that was like mm-hmm. completely unrelated to shakedown. Um, I didn't catch who brought us back in and slowed the tempo way down. I think it was Bob, but uh, I thought that was great. So yeah, that's kind of like the beginning part of the set. And then I, you get the big dark star at the end. I heard the beam at the beginning of that and I was hopeful and um and then it paid off just a nice version and then also uh the el paso um the guy who runs or has run for years the reddit setlist threads don't touch that knob he's a huge el paso head maybe the biggest <laughs> uh when i started Deddy version i sent him a message and was like looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the best el paso and he was like oh my god the dallas el paso from 2016 is he was on it right away so if you go to those threads you'll always see at the top of the page it's like days since the last el paso because he's such a el paso head and he was in the barn last night in philly so i think that i think that that el paso was for him and then um the donies afterward uh just a nice little danceable bop i I was smiling a lot when el paso came out of dark star just because i knew that he was there and i was happy for him but then when uh, don't ease me in came on afterward i was smiling even more because i was like oh man i didn't expect this i thought they were going to end us on the <laughs> el paso and this is such a like brighter happier note um to end this first set with i was just in such a good mood um so i loved the first set i texted you after it and was like this is like an all-time set one with that monster shakedown a great cold rain and snow like you pointed out the straw and brown-eyed women was excellent and then a dark star el paso don't ease me in chef's kiss Great job. Yeah, it was like it was like all dance songs and then the spacey dark star into a tender El Paso. And it was like, ah, we got to give him one more dance song, you know, and so they brought out that Donies. Yeah. And then in addition to that, you get the great jamming on Straw and Brown Eyed Women, but like a way, way, way earlier than expected big jam on the second song of the night shakedown street it was 11 minutes long i mean elite so um i thought it was just a great first set and then uh they take a take a little break come back for set two which was fire on the mountain new speedway and then uh someone missed the note and played the beginning of eyes and then bob called it off and stopped it and they went to the estimated and then eyes then drums space the second set of Dark Star into a monster Cumberland Blues into Standing on the Moon, not fade away, and then a ripple encore that didn't start until 10.59. I saw the set list afterward, and it had like everything nicely typed up, including ripple as an encore. I wonder how many thousands of dollars it cost them to go five minutes over the deadline, because that's how these venues work. Every minute over the curfew that you are, you owe them a certain amount of money, but they just didn't care. The crowd was so lit up at the end of that not fade away, which was amazing that I think that they didn't have a choice, but to come back for ripple. The crowd was not going to let them just leave. 
And so um, that was amazing. I love it when you get a moment like that where they go past curfew or something like that. I'm sure for the people that were there, you probably weren't looking at your watches or anything like that. But if you did and you knew it was going on, I'm sure it felt extra special as it did to me on my couch. So just a great second set close to a, a really good show. So uh, tell me your thoughts on set two. Well, just very curious that they continue this divorce, I guess, that they have between Scarlet Begonias and Fire on the Mountain. And they come out with a, a lone fire to open the set, which I, I I took the dogs out for a walk at the set break. I come back and they're playing Fire on the Mountain. And I was like, oh man, I missed the set opener. That's That was what was going through my head. And it was like, no, this is what they, they just came out strong with a solo fire. Um, I came in about halfway through the fire, but from what I heard, it sounded kind of typical like upbeat and bouncy and everyone's dancing and having a good time uh and then they took it to new speedway and and we saw this as the opener when we were together at the raleigh show i don't know about you i think this new speedway was a little crisper than what we saw in raleigh um i think mayor got a little a little more room in his solo and gave it some like mississippi blues vibes and then bob's screaming of the darkness got to give part at the end sounded really good he sounded good on the mic and it just everyone was firing firing on all cylinders yeah i agree with you i think that bob's voice um definitely sweetened it up they played this song the first night of the tour in inglewood too and i think that this is the best of the three that they've played so far this year it was really good and also pretty long it was almost 10 minutes long um so that was pretty rad. The longest song of the second set was Eyes. And I think that's partially because of that long O'Teal bass solo, which yeah, was awesome. It was um, cool. And speaking of, I I I would wasn't watching this on video. I was now into an audio stream like you. I thought it was just like an eyes tease that they were like pulling out and then. No, they, they fucked play. it up. <laughs> that's definitely what happened because it came screeching to a halt. And so um, like if yeah, I can see how you would think that, but I'm pretty sure that that it was just Mayor messing up and going into it a second early because the way that it it like he started it and then it was like Bob like aggressively playing estimated over the top, being like no no no, we got one thing to do before that. We're not going to go eyes estimated drums, which I think they have done already once this story. I was gonna say I think in the opener in L.A. they did eyes then estimated or maybe it was night two in LA but they've yeah. definitely done it before this year yeah the estimated for me was pretty similar to the jack straw it was like a slow slow start and mm-hmm. then once they got cooking like once mayor and jay lane started heated up heating up it it turned into some some solid stuff um then they got into the spacey don't worry about it now portion Good O'Teal ordinances going on in the back half. Um, yeah, they estimated like the Jack Straw started slow, but really paid off at the end. Yeah, I thought I thought that it was good, but the eyes was the clear high point of that suite. Just almost twenty oh, minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost twenty minutes long. Um, great bass solo um, from O'Teal, and I mean, what more can you say about? Uh, like Kementi, he's just so good. His his playing throughout this entire song, but especially a solo that he had, like partway through, is like five minutes solo. Yeah. It didn't stop. No, it was just excellent. kept going and going and going and going. 
Yeah, it was yeah. tremendously good. Um, so that was great. Uh, Drums in Space, unlike Cincinnati, Space was not the longest song of the show. Uh, it's a little bit tighter this time. Um, but it was still an enjoyable Drums in Space. And then it's always an enjoyable Drums in Space when it gives way to Dark Star on the back, yeah. on the back end of it. Yeah. Real quick, I think for the drums, it started with some sweet melodic bells, which I thought maybe was paying homage to the Liberty Bell, mm. like some bells and drums in the the city that's famous for a big bell. Um, that checks but out. But yeah, the the Dark Star out of space, just it just felt right. It did. It did and it does. I hope that they'll, you know, this is like a total beggars can't be choosers thing. I love that they're that they're splitting up Dark Star between set one and set two. They've like completely landed the plane when they've done that so far this tour. I'd also love to hear just one monster Dark Star though, like a standalone um, right. second set Dark Star. You know, estimated and eyes were about thirty minutes long combined. Why not a thirty minute Dark Star in the second set one night? Just do it one night. Let's see. Um, <laughs> but uh, I digress. They. They came out of Dark Star and into Cumberland Blues, and I just like can't think of a better version of this song that they've ever played. It was so powerful. This I made this point a couple episodes ago when they played this. This is a song that it seems like every show that they play Cumberland, people are talking about it as one of, if not the standouts of the show. Mm-hmm. This is a song that they just have for whatever reason this year. They've got it on lock. Like they are, they are absolutely killing this song yeah and i wasn't expecting it i don't know why i think maybe they played it semi-recently um but man i mean obviously they played it semi-recently but like only two or three shows ago like it seemed like it wasn't due up in the rotation again but man they just they are killing cumberland i mean this whole post space run of the another dark star cumberland standing on the moon and not fade away was like peak dead and company agreed yeah they have they did play it recently they played it the second night in wrigley so just two shows ago um and then before that at bristow they also played it in phoenix at jazz fest and at playing in the sand so this is technically the song they've played the most times this year other than drums in space mm. um, six times after last night um so maybe they know maybe they know they fucking crushed this thing yeah i mean it checks out honestly it's the same with brown-eyed women they've been <laughs> playing the bejesus out of that song yeah, this year and it's like true yeah, it's seven minutes of power every time they bust it out, which is awesome. <laughs> um, after Cumberland Blues, a really nice standing on the moon um, that just kind of built momentum as it went. Um, I just thought it was a really nice, what I thought was going to be potentially the second set closer based on what time it was ending. I was like, oh man, if they're going to like, I guess they're going to leave the stage and come back for an encore, but then they didn't. They went into a 12 minute long not fade away. Um, I just thought both were really good. The Not Fade Away was probably the song that I saw the most comments about on my various threads that I was reading last night. People talking about mm. what an all-timer it was. So shout out to that performance too. Any notes on those two songs? Um, on the Standing on the Moon, I, I can't agree with you more. The build and build and build to just a powerful ending. Um, like after the Be With You coda, um, just... Just excellent. And then, yeah, Not Fade Away was excellent all around. And Comenti on the organ was a perfect icing on an amazing cake. That's what I noted. Just, I kind of sat back, closed my eyes, and just enjoyed the Not Fade Away. Yeah. And then I admit, I I did call it a night there. Um, well, you didn't expect them to come back for Ripple I, either. Right. 
yeah, I closed it out, shut the computer and closed my eyes and went to sleep. So I don't have comments on the ripple, but yeah, this post space suite. I agree with you that the eyes was like the peak of the set, but this run at the end was just all killer, no filler, as you like to say. Yes, completely agree. Uh, The ripple was good. I mean, there's not that much to say about a ripple, Mm. you know? Yeah. I love that song. I hope to see it live someday, but uh, you know, it's pretty, there's, it's six minutes long. Bob's on the acoustic guitar. There's not a ton of room to really jam it out, but it was right. it was nice. I enjoyed it, as I always do with that song. Um, so overall, a good show in a series of good shows. They're just not missing this tour. So I hope that if you went, you enjoyed the hell out of it. I know I did. All right, next segment uh, is estimated profits. The band's next show is Saturday, June 17th. Their first of two nights is back. So um, Dave, you went two for two last night. You're on a nice little heater, which is great. Um, yeah. But Look me, out, everybody. Like, well, let me get into your head for a second. Up. Okay. This is the set list at SPAC in 2018. Jack Straw, Easy Wind, Friend of the Devil, New Manglewood, Ship of Fools, Karina, Cassidy. Then set two is The Weight, Truckin', He's Gone, New Speedway, Uncle John's Band, Drums, Space, Black Peter, Good Lovin', and A Touch of Grey Encore. That Ooh. is a weird set list. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I think I was looking at like previous SPAC shows to think like, you know, what if they played here recently? Obviously, the last year's show was canceled there um, because of health issues in John Mayer's family. Um, but I'm going to be very curious to see what they do, because something that you were trying to predict last night was you were like, I think they're going to play deal in New York City. So I think that they're going to save it and not play it over the weekend. Right. That's why I picked deal. Yes. So that would probably take like trucking off the board ramble on rose you would think right yeah um but i don't know uh either way if you want to play along with us estimated profits uh drop us a note on twitter at working man's pod instagram at working man's underscore pod or send us an email working man's pod at gmail.com um you know We've had a lot of great entries this year. I think the leader in the clubhouse through 14 shows only has 15 points. So it's really anyone's game. If you just run the table from here out, you could definitely still win this thing. So if, even if you haven't played yet, oh, yeah. join along with us uh, for tomorrow or yeah, for tomorrow's show, Dave, you have the first pick. So lay it on us. Yeah. I think a couple of those songs you read off from the 2018 um, show were on my radar for the Saturday show, but I'm going to, Go off script here. I'm going to take loser with my first pick. Damn. That was my (laughs) first pick. Defense. (laughs) Defense. Nice pick. Loser, they've only played, um, I believe, twice this entire tour, but it is, I think, their 10th most played song. So they are definitely due for Mm. that at this show. Um, So very nice pick. I think that they will play it one of the two nights at least. So um, I think you got good odds. I'm going to stick with Birdsong. I predicted it last time. There have been a couple times in recent memory where I've picked a song and they've played it the next show, but I didn't stick with it. And so I'm going to stick ah, with this gonna double time. down. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I need to. And then the other one, I'm going a bit more off the reservation. I'm taking hell in a bucket. I think Ooh. that, um, I think they're due for a nice hell in a bucket. The last time they played it was at star Lake. And, um, that's, you know, a full week plus ago as by the time they play almost two weeks by the time they play this show. So my two picks bird song and hell in a bucket and your picks are loser and a song that we saw together in Raleigh is going to be actually my next pick for this. I need a miracle. 
Wow. Okay. Let's get weird with it. Yeah. Let's both go off the reservation a little bit for a second pick. I like it. So uh, those are our picks for night one at SPAC. I will be back with you guys to talk about that show on Sunday. And then Dave is going to be in the barn on Sunday night. So he, so you'll be, yeah, you'll be seeing the show live and in the flesh. So in the lawn, come find me. So you'll be ready. Are you going to wear the shirt that Howard sent you? Oh, I got to check the mail and see if that arrived. Yeah. Good call. So if, uh, if that comes in time, uh, how, our friend Howard Weiner sent us both a shirt with the cover of his book on it. Very nice of him. Um, so if you get that, yeah, give Howard some, some pub, give him some publicity. Absolutely. But in any case, we'll be back uh, Sunday and Monday with recap episodes about the next two shows. That's going to do it for this one. And until next time, know our love will not fade away. 